Hello and welcome to Humans Exhaust Me, a show caused by our world and everything within it. I'm Biz Paul, I'm here in the UK and I'm joined over in Colorado in the United States of America by the wonderful Felicia Jones. Hey Paul, you sound exhausted a little bit. <laughs> well, I've had a full day uh, mingling with the people again. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I, I just want to give a big shout out and hello to the attendees of my podcasting workshop today who um, had to sort of sit through about sort of five or six hours of me talking about humans exhaust me mainly. (laughs) (laughs) What did you what did you teach in your podcast workshop? I'm curious. Um, So I was teaching the sort of uh, how to get started with podcasting really. So with a bit of a business angle mainly because that's the program that I'm working on. But um, it was, uh, you know, how to how to come with ideas, how to structure it uh, where to host it structure really yeah i know (laughs) did you tell them how to get listeners we do yeah yeah we talked about promotion and um distribution and all sorts of things collaborations interviews yeah yeah, i thought it was quite good yeah good but yeah i hear what you're saying about structure i did actually (laughs) when i was thinking about structure think about us but actually when I was thinking about it, I was no, we do have a structure. We do. We do. We we do have a structure. Structured chaos. It's not chaos. It's thought. <laughs> it's well thought out. Well, look, I've got a post-it note here, so it's not that unstructured because everything that we're going to talk uh, about is is on here. But I think, can I just say, Felicia, <laughs> that this episode is really quite important to this podcast. Okay. Okay. Do you want to know why? Why? Yes. Because, ladies and gentlemen in the audience humans exhaust me is a finalist in the quill podcast awards 2022 we've made it there again and this time we're going to go one further right we'll see we're we're a two two time award nominated show time award nominated chick that is what what an accolade i know a lot of people can't say that they do you know what they definitely cannot Yes, we are a two-time award-winning, award-nominated show, hoping to turn to award-winning show. I must admit, on LinkedIn, when I did a little post on LinkedIn this morning about me being in this workshop, mm-hmm. uh, I did say, you know, as an award-nominated podcast <laughs> uh, host. Podcast I, host. Yeah, I, <laughs> I feel like I have the authority to run this course today. You know what? This year the podcast, next year the Oscars. We can do this. Totally doing this. We can do this. That exclusive Spotify deal is around the corner, I'm telling you. I I know. I I feel it. I feel it coming. We just need to, um, what's the word when you make something happen? Manifest? Manifest, that's it. We need to to manifest it. Um, But we do need to get this episode right because this is the last episode that we can be judged on, I think. Okay. Okay. So let's make it good, yeah. Okay, let's go ahead and do it. Let's do Are we going to delete all standard. this other stuff and and go professional or something? No, don't be ridiculous. We need to stay authentic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. All right, so I know you got your post-it notes. So let's go ahead. Let's do this. Well, let's um, let's just have a look at Twitter. What's going on in Twitter in your world? Not much is going on over Twitter. In Twitter, I mean, of course, we got the Russia and Ukrainian things going on. 
And um, I'm seeing a, something about Disney and their employee culture. Mm-hmm. But the big thing happening here is the Supreme Court nomination of Kitanji Brown Jackson. She is the first black woman ever to be nominated to the Supreme Court. Maybe she's not the first, you know, well, maybe this high up. But yeah, she. It's, this is the first time ever thing. It's, inc- mm-hmm. it's impressive. It's uh, groundbreaking, ceiling breaking. It, it, it is and the senators sound like idiots asking her questions <laughs> oh no and she is she is keeping her composure um it, it's great to watch because she is one of the first nominees or potential persons to be on the supreme court who is not a corporate lawyer she really? has actually been a public defender all the way up to being a public defender on the federal side. So this is the first time ever she's she has checked all of the boxes, not, you know, not being a corporate lawyer. And she's been a judge, of course, all these things. And it is it's quite interesting watching some of them ask, like, well, what is your, you know, because they brought up um, her sentencing on child pornographers, which is controversial. And so she had to explain basically i could only sentence based on what congress gave the rules for so that's how the sentencing so it was like she's explaining to them how (laughs) the rules that they created were and then it seems as though a lot of people are kind of coming after her because she was actually she was one of the defense she was a lawyer for one of the um people from the 9-11 cases Oh, really? Or maybe not, or like a terrorist. Yeah, yeah somebody yeah. who was accused of terrorism. Well, someone had but, to. But this was when these, and she had to explain, the Supreme Court decided that these people were not going to sit in Guantanamo Bay under, you know, and not get tried, and that they would have the same rules as U.S. citizens under the, under the Constitution. Yeah. And she had to explain that as a federal, um, uh, 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 what did I say? She was uh, a public defender. She had to explain, I can't, I don't choose who I get to defend. Yeah. It's given to me. Um, so it's it's quite interesting watching all the things that she's explaining. But you, very smart, though. Very smart woman. So that's interesting what you're saying about her not being a corporate lawyer. So I mm-hmm. would, I assumed that the people on the Supreme Court would be sort of normal justice kind of lawyers really i didn't think that they were corporate that seems a bit like they don't know what they're doing well i mean very few have um worked in the public defender's office because you could still go and get you know work for an attorney uh, a firm and then come back out and be a judge and all that kind of stuff because it's like election stuff but she kind of did it the i guess it i call it it's the we have this thing here we talk about the american dream but when we come in contact with the real American dream, it's like, oh, that's just like way too much work, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and, I, and I always said that about Sarah Palin. Now, I am not a Sarah Palin fan, and I think she did get a little cray-cray later on in life. But when she was um, brought out as the vice president nomination with John McCain, she was about as regular as an American as you can get. You know, she yeah. went to like a local, she didn't go to a Harvard or an Annapolis or anything like that. She went to the University of Alaska and she funded her education through doing beauty pageants. And, <laughs> and, and she was just like, she was like an around the way girl. 
and um, she ended up becoming governor of Alaska. And I remember I said, you know what, they're going to vilify her for this because we talk about how a lot of people say that these politicians, they're just like us. Like, no, they're not. They're mm. rich and they went to like very Ivy League yeah, schools. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Sarah Palin is a little bit more hood rat than most. I mean, she was having children the same time her kids were having kids. You don't get any more hood ratty than that. <laughs> so, but you know, but we see how I think them turning on her made her a little cray cray, but yeah. But no, she, this lady is very impressive. Um, not something I could have done because law school, I wouldn't have made it. And you say that she's, um, you know, composed and holding her composure. Is there any sense of, um, what, how, how do I put this? Is, is there any sense of kind of her having to be more calm and collected so that she doesn't appear aggressive? Yes. A lot of people are, are, are recognizing that and are triggered by that. And I think specifically more black women that yeah. have had to, when you get questioned about everything, you know, like I, I did all the things you said that we we're supposed to do. And now all of a sudden you're questioning it, questioning what I'm doing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, she, she has some, those <sighs> pauses before she answers. Uh -huh. And it's like, Oh, like, I mean, she knows she's been doing this for a long time. Yeah, but it but watching her is like, ooh, I recognize that look. That's the <laughs> I'm trying not to roll my eyes at you look. <laughs> How is she um, doing compared to say Amy Coney Barrett's? Um, uh, I don't know what, what what do they call this process? Like justification? Uh, confirmation. Confirmation. Yeah, confirmation. Yeah. How does it compare the two confirmations? I guess it's going okay. I I think she had an easier time, mm. but I mean she had only been like a judge for like two years or something. Right. So, uh, I mean, the Kavanaugh, people are comparing it to Kavanaugh, who who ended up breaking down crying. And I remember that he was crying and got accused of sexual assault and, you know, drinking and not remembering things. Right. So she's okay. doing much better than yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. You know, beer bro and girl who, you know, just showed up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, where does that swing the um, politics of the Supreme Court? Um, if I'm right, I think it was still, it might be, well, if you, they're not supposed to be politically favored, but, no, but. Um, I, I still think it's um, in the hands of the Republicans. But Justice Thomas got sick with flu-like symptoms oh. recently. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. Is he a Republican hmm. kind of? nominee yeah he's kind of something yeah right okay <laughs> mm -hmm. all right all right well so that's going on over there It'd be interesting to see how that develops yeah um over here i'm just looking at twitter and there are a number of things trending related to the duke and duchess of cambridge's trip to oh. the caribbean oh. oh your favorite influencers what's going the, on with them yeah well uh, it looks like there's a bit of bit of noise and a bit of protesting going on um about their not i don't think necessarily it's not a protest against their visit from what i can tell it's a general protest about the royal family colonialism and uh, their involvement in it and i think people are looking for some kind oh, you're, of you're comment. very nice you're very nice in this because um <laughs> what i heard was very different what did you hear <laughs> Well, but, well, the statement was, why are we celebrating these people 
when they have been part of the most horrific crimes against people for a very long time. Yeah. Well, to be fair, this morning I did hear there's a great journalist on morning um, on morning TV here called Noel Phillips, and he's really good at like getting into the 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 crux of like what the discussions is. He was brilliant at the um, Ghislaine Maxwell trial, Mm -hmm. uh, and he's he's been sent to to uh, follow this. Okay, and um, I don't I don't think I don't think. I don't know. Is it relevant? Is it relevant that he's black? I don't. I don't think it is. Not in terms of like the work that he's doing, but he's. I think he's able to articulate or to or to maybe translate between the people who live in Jamaica, for example, mm-hmm. and people living in Britain who can't see what the problem is. Do you know what I mean? So yes, um, he's a brilliant. Like I say, he's a brilliant journalist. Anyway, but he actually referred to to that idea that you know it they're responsible for the worst thing that could ever happen um and he really kind of like just said you know this is what people are saying i think where jamaica's concerned jamaica is looking to become a republic um and good for them i i cuz you know as you know i don't see why any country needs a monarchy <laughs> at all um it's very outdated but what i can't make out with is why they wouldn't kind of go, hmm, this is this is going on. Maybe, maybe we should apologize for what's happened. I I I don't understand. <laughs> I think I might be missing something in terms of does that make the royal family personally culpable and subject to lawsuits or something like that? Why can't they um, just why can't they just say it? They might have some lawsuits, but I what the one thing I remember from the crown and when they kind of had to step down and the queen mother i mean her thoughts were like we were we were put here by god oh yeah, yeah what yeah. is wrong with these people so you don't think you're doing anything wrong when you think god put you there and they would have to do a lot of apologizing because they got to apologize to a lot of americans like hey <laughs> yeah, uh they got to apologize to some native americans mm. a lot of people who are descendants of slaves, you're going to be doing an apology tour. Um, and, and I think they need to, I don't know what they need to do, but I think because of the pandemic and we will never admit that a lot of people got messed up during the pandemic, mentally, physically, you know, emotionally, uh, we had a lot of civil unrest and then they, you know, they had to deal with them being shady kind of racist in their family because of how they kicked one of their members out. And a lot of people saw this and it's like, you know what? We're tired of you now. Yeah. And we need, we either need you to leave or you need to apologize. And if they start apologizing, they got a, they have a lot of apologizing to do to a large chunk of the world. Now, when Barbados became a Republic, not so long ago, Charles did apologize uh, for as, as far as I remember, I did did apologize for mm-hmm. the you know, crimes in the in the past and things like things like that. Now, I'm not saying that someone should just apologize just to assuage someone, but I think really we've reached the point where you know if you need to do an apology tour, now now's a pretty good time to to do it. We all know because Biden said so yesterday that the Great Reset is happening, or or the New World Order is coming, or whatever he said. Um, over the last well, couple of days so i mean what just 
the Commonwealth is an outdated idea. I don't, I don't get it. I don't buy the whole it's a family thing. Well, it is to them, it's a family thing, but <laughs> yeah. for the rest of us, it's a livelihood thing. And, mm. and I think it's we're at that point now. A lot of people need to acknowledge how they got their money. How how are you able to sit there when your family was part of probably part of the biggest uh, human human trafficking ring ever? Yeah. And um, I, I never have used those words. Somebody mentioned it the other day. It's like the ancestors of this country were human traffickers. I was like, wow, that sounds very different than saying slavery, even though it's all the same. But the human trafficking is is a big one and. I think we're at this point, a lot of people need to, they need to be held accountable for how they can just sit and do nothing all day. I completely, I completely agree. I, I, what I'm finding at the moment is that there's a lot of double standards and we can, oh, yeah. we can come on to talk about people's reactions oh, yeah. to, to news in a moment. Um, but you, I just think you can't, you can't on the one hand, kind of talk about Ukraine and Russia and how evil Russia is <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. Because they're talking here, I know you're not getting a lot of war information, but one of the stories here is about Mariupol and forced evacuations from Mariupol to Russia mm -hmm. and being put into camps or whatever and basically being human oh. trafficked. And then there's refugees that where people, are, vulnerable people are being preyed upon maybe by human traffickers. You can't criticize that in one breath. And then for conveniently forget the fact that that you were involved in that a couple of hundred years ago. Yeah, I'm I'm having a, a little bit of a hard time with with the support of Ukraine. Not that we should not be supporting the Ukrainian citizens because it it sucks what's happening, but it's the responses for from everybody else. You know, I when I was driving to the airport to pick up a friend the other day, like all of the buildings driving uh, through Denver are all blue and yellow. And we're seeing people saying, yeah, our doors are open to the citizens of Ukraine, which is good, which is good. And which I'm going to throw in a butt yeah. because <laughs> in a butt makes it wrong. But <laughs> it's like my brain is having a hard time because here in the United States, you know, three weeks ago, we had Border Patrol running over a Haitian um, refugees with horses. And we still have people from South American countries and Central American countries that are in, in at the border in cages and kids being separated. And it, it's just bothering me a little bit. I was like, I, I hope I, I wish we were more open when other people we're going through these things. And I, you know, you see the refugees from out of the African countries and the Middle East and things like that. And, and my head is just like, I don't, it is disturbing how accommodating we have been for this one particular group of people. And we should be accommodating, but it's disturbing how we have not been accommodating for other people that are currently going through this type of stuff. So I am 100% on the same page as you there I, I yeah I am I'm disturbed by yeah by how people are responding to it and 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 how unaware people seem to be about what they're actually doing I mean I've got people uh fundraising there's a there's a benefit gig um happening over here soon there'll be charity singles coming out and being released to yeah. raise to raise money and you know, in terms of the, the refugee situation, it's exactly the same. We've got the government willing to pay P 
people uh, £350 to uh, take a refugee from from Ukraine. And we've had apparently 150,000 people apply to register their homes as being open for refugees. And you think, okay, that's one thing. But then you've got them turning boats away on the English Channel, turning people away who've come from Syria or Afghanistan and all these other places that are suffering terribly as well in almost similar circumstances in the case mm-hmm. of Yemen with Saudi Arabia's brutality there, which incidentally we're, we're cozying up to because of oil. The, the double standards of all this are, are I just find shocking, but the lack of awareness of the general public to what is going on, that they can't see it really worries me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess I, I can see why, <laughs> but it is, it is very, I don't know, maybe, is it dystopian cognitive dissonance, as the kids like to say? It's, it's, it's a mind trip. And, and it, it puts my mind in a weird place because, yeah, I mean, of course we should support people that are going through a war, absolutely, because that should not have happened to them. But I also see all these things, and, and people who are still in war-torn countries and separated from families and um, I, I was reading the Financial Times, which uh, I think comes out of the UK. Yeah. And and the whole one article was like, you know what? Europeans are digging in and um, the suggestions are having more funding for the schools so teachers can um, learn new languages and adapt to teaching these kids. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's like, wow. And, you know, we're not going to that extreme here in the United States, but it's still like wow, none of this was done for any other place unless they had mm-hmm. to do it because it was like, well, these kids are here. We have to teach them. So, And and I feel like they're still going to have the same issues that happens when you have displaced people. Um, I think it's like very kumbaya right now, but you still have a lot of kids who are traumatized by what happened, whose families are torn apart. And if we really look at what's going on with refugee camps, because I, I I don't assume that, you know, a lot of people who probably had great lives back in the Ukraine will never be able to recreate that. And mm-hmm. you will have kids who are falling through the cracks and it's going to start these other issues that typically rise up with, you know, kids who uh, kids who came from these traumatic places. And I think everybody needs to be prepared for that as well. Um because these they don't have a home anymore, which kind of sucks. It, but I think, no. sorry, <laughs> I, I think it's one of those situations where uh, people people react to what's convenient for for them. Yeah. So in their mindset, it's, it's easy to jump on board with this for whatever reason, maybe because they're white. Um, but you know, it's it's <laughs> it's easy for them to to do that. So they they do it and. It's less, um, it's less taxing on their brain to think things through in a bit more detail for con- yeah. to, to allow them to be consistent so it, so it doesn't happen. Well, I'm, I'm glad everybody's being accommodating. I hope they continue that when some other country decides to go bomb another one well, for with, some yeah. oil or something. Well, well this, this is it, isn't it? And it's, you're right. It's not to, to try and want to deny people from Ukraine the... Uh, safe passage that they deserve it's yeah. it's to 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 allow that for for everybody yeah be consistent mm. and and that sort of thing reminds me really of uh 
you know other issues that that are there um in in the world right now where again it's convenient for people to take on board one thing and then just look the other way about about something else and i wanted to touch on a a story here relating to a girl called child q this is a story mm-hmm. where um, a 15 year old black girl was uh, strip searched at school by police um, on suspicion of uh, having marijuana on her. Uh, the girl was on her period, apparently. Uh, oh, so oh, oh. very, very uh, intimate. And the whole situation is completely problematic and has caused quite a lot of upset here and uh, revulsion in terms of what's actually happened and, and how she was treated, some some protests, things like that. But this story got me thinking also about how people conveniently look the other way. Like what were the teachers thinking? What were the police officers thinking? How did anyone think that this was possibly right? And who was actually calling this out at the time? It's like people at the time that were involved were kind of just going, well, we're just not going to get involved in, in this. There's a lot of that yeah. going on, I think. And it, and it- and for some, it ties it back to racism. And um, and we shared these articles, but th- this has been studied here in the United States a lot. You know, when you look at the Tamir Rice case, a little 11-year-old boy killed by the police because he was outside playing with a toy gun. Unfortunately, this is the adultification of young Black children and not seeing them as children. And for, in, unfortunately, in the eyes of others, they are seen as either more adult more street, more urban, more tough. It's more of all the things that the stereotypes and and they get treated that way. And um, and you have adults who will sit by and let it happen. And it's I, I will say as a as a black female that has been on the other side of that, it, I, I hate these types of stories and it just sucks. And unfortunately, when I do talk to the few friends that I do have over there who always say, oh, there's no racism in the UK, like, yeah, maybe you should go and open your eyes a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. But I, part of me says it's going to be a cozy day in hell for all these adults that were part of this. But the teachers, the teachers that let this happen, they didn't call her parents because I've read about it as well. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so much wrong in that and that it is a child, even though. You may say, well, she's 15 and she looks like a grown woman, which is the other problem. Um, a, it happens a lot with black females. I mean, because, you know, you start getting boobs and things and then everybody thinks like, well, you're 30 years old. Like, no, this is a child. And yeah. um, and it's sad that the teachers did not protect her. And it makes it more concerning of what else is going on in the schools. And this this is an extreme issue, but there are other disciplining issues and um, that are happening. And it's just, I, I feel bad for this kid because that's traumatic. That that really is traumatic. And I don't know if there were all female police officers that did it, if it was females and males. I, That's just traumatic. Yeah. I, I, I don't know that level of detail either, but... Um, if I was a parent, I would be, I'd be bitch slapping everybody. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, I think I'd be pulling my child out of that school. You know, you couldn't trust something no to, I, I would just that i would go in and just start slapping everybody <laughs> then i'll pull them out because yeah. that's like fighting that's that's fighting words right there no it's it's absolutely horrendous and I, and I think 
like you say, the humiliation for that girl. Um, and I think it's important to refer to her as a girl because she is, because she's 15. She's a child. Yeah, she's a child. And, and, and you know, the school's... Um, the school's uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, their whole reason to, to, to exist is to help the, the, the child. Their job is to protect a child, the child, the child or children in their care. And they failed to do that. And I think I can't help but think that, you know, an authority came in, i.e. the police, mm-hmm. and the teachers took that authority and just went with it and, and looked the other way. And I'm pretty certain we're going to get a whole backstory. Well, this is a problem child. She causes issues. Her grades aren't great. I would just say, I don't know how your media does there, but don't be surprised with, you're going to get the list of all these things this child um, is not, which is not perfect. And I'm pretty sure you're going to hear about the neighborhood she grew up in, probably some dysfunction in her family and the fact that she smelled like weed. So I, yeah, that's how it usually works here. I don't know how it works over there, but you usually get the whole backstory as to the justification as to why they did what they did. And and who is doing strip searches for marijuana? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they shouldn't be strip searching at school anyway. No. I mean, call the parents and say, we suspect this and that's it. Make them, get the parents there, do a drug test. Not, yeah. I mean, you can be around people who smoke. That doesn't mean you smoke. No, exactly. So, it, at least it made the news insofar as it it raises some level of consciousness of things that that are going that are going on but i see i see it all i see it all the time i think people are looking away at, at like i say these other other refugees i think people are looking away um with regards to to covid people are looking the other way in terms of poverty and the uh, cost of living crisis that we're we're having, I don't know if you're, are you having a cost of living crisis over there? Oh, yeah. yeah. And the homelessness is, yeah. all of it is a, I think for all of us, we have to kind of sit back and, and pay attention to how we are treating other humans, because yeah. all of these things, how we treat children, how we treat homeless people, people who are getting sick is all, I put it under the categorizing, categorization of de- dehumanizing yeah. humans yeah and we have to be very very careful because when we start othering people it's easy to dehumanize them exactly exactly actually homeless uh, homelessness is a really good example actually mm-hmm. um, because that is definitely a look the other way isn't it you know people can't bring themselves to look at the person can't um can't bear to wait you know it, they're, they're sort of passing them waiting for that have you got any spare change or, or something like yeah. that you know there's that uh sort of fear of like being spoken to by this homeless person but that's that's a really good example because they're like they're on the floor like literally in some cases on the floor beneath yeah. you and you step over them and just keep on going like nothing's yeah. happening and you you shouldn't it was a comedian said don't be surprised if later on this becomes a problem because we all just step over homeless people and your kids do it too and then it you know then something changes where you are in that situation and the pandemic has shown that a lot of us we aren't that very far from being like that no well i think there was like an initial bit of compassion in the early days of the pandemic because everyone was going through it and it impacted absolutely everybody and it was kind of uh not i wouldn't say it's a leveler because it's quite clearly not a level playing field but Mm -mm. it was a universal experience basically wasn't it um yeah 
some more universal but then we got over it but then we got, we got then we it. got over it yeah exactly yeah, we, and now it's, i need to go hang out with my friends yeah <laughs> and now it's like you know it's like no big deal but it is um yeah but... and we forget that all of these uh a lot of these countries and i i i don't know about the united uh the uk but here in the united states a lot of funding for homeless resources um or unhoused people resources have have been cut um things have gotten strict so a lot of the resources that were there aren't there anymore and and of course with the housing i mean there are houses that are selling 300 to 400,000 above asking price so there's just we we just, we have a huge problem right now and i don't think it's going to get any better because we are in a war even though our countries yeah. are not part of it but we are all we are. victims <laughs> of this with oil prices, food shortages, inflation, and they just announced that we are in stagflation in the United oh, States as well. Okay. So What's that? it's a um, stagflation. So, you know, inflation is the price of goods goes up hmm. um, in comparison to the money that you have. And a stagflation is uh, an economy going through inflation where gross domestic product is not going up. Okay. something like that. i have yeah. to go read it but yeah grow basically the country's not making money but everything costs more money right got you yeah. so so <sighs> all good, the inflations it? are happening <laughs> it's like all the inflations are happening and i think interest rates are going up over here they're okay. about to start raising interest rates because they need they need to stop the inflation yeah yeah we've just we've we've just put ours up over here yeah so it's there's a lot going on yeah there's a lot going and on and the Antarctic is 60 degrees right now. Which sounds warm. It is warm for the Antarctic. Okay. I'm going to 60 I'm, degrees. Let I'm me, let me, let, I, I gotta, I gotta convert. All right. 60 degrees Celsius. No, I gotta go Fahrenheit to Celsius, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fahrenheit to Celsius. Fahrenheit to Celsius. That is 15 Celsius. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I like your response to that. Wow. I mean, it was 50, it's about 15, 16, 17 here today. Yeah. So it's like 60 is about 15.55555 Celsius. Wow. So yeah, it's, um, it's very warm. And this is the global warming that everybody laughed about because everything got cold. So it's warm there, which is causing the ice to melt, which yeah. will make it cold everywhere else. So. Yeah, and and will make the waters rise and all the rest of it. So yeah, that so. is that is not good. No, it's not good at all. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, I, I'm, <laughs> as usual, <laughs> I'm not sure we have any answers to to all of this. No. Spend all your money and have fun. I think that yeah, I think that has to be the um uh, the, the 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 thing. Maybe share some of your money with people that need it more than you. You know, maybe maybe try and be a little bit more charitable or maybe don't look the other way and maybe take some action but absolutely uh, it, it might be time to live your life yeah <laughs> yeah maybe okay. try it well i'm gonna start preparing for my summer fling then if that's the case all right go get sexy yeah all right <laughs> um okay well look uh once again to anyone who nominated us for the quill podcast award Thank you mm -hmm. so much. It actually genuinely does mean something to us. It, it's not it's not really that important <laughs> yeah. in the scheme of things. Um, and we may not have said anything true, so there you go. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
But hopefully, you know, it would be nice to win. So let's manifest that. Leave it at that. Manifest it over the next sort of week. And um, hopefully by the time we next talk to you, we might be winners. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to be winners. We're going to be winners. We will be winners. When when are they announcing? Oh, I've just realized it's uh, it's March the 30th. So we'll, we'll have another episode okay uh, between them but they'll have probably done their thing they've probably decided it's us by then yeah yeah and and they just listen to our show that that's how they do it yeah is there anybody we can brag i'm not sure that's a thing to publicly talk oh oh sorry oops (laughs) that was an off-air comment oops sorry (laughs) (laughs) i don't know who is who is judging all i do know is that they're wonderful they are wonderful they are not bribable and uh, uh, their integrity is absolutely sacrosanct and we uh-huh. appreciate that uh-huh. hmm. what happens if we don't win what are we going to say about them then uh i, I don't are we going to be three-time award nominated <laughs> yeah. podcast yeah. <laughs> well hopefully i i feel good it's going to go well for us i gotta go i saw who we were up against and i have not listened to any of those shows so um yeah, I feel good about what we're doing. So yeah, yeah, we're gonna that's win. the important thing, isn't it? We're doing it for us and our and our beloved yes. audience. Yes. So uh, <laughs> let's let's leave it with a reminder that you can join our Patreon. Uh, just go to Patreon.com/slash/HumansExhaustMe and yeah. um, you know join in the fun. This is fun. Okay. See you next time. See ya. Part of the Like Mind Media Network.